Welcome to Berry Aftercare, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. This is episode 48, your personal protection plan for staying on track through the holidays, parts one and two. The holiday food fest season kicks off with Halloween this month and seems to continue straight through the new year. Be prepared this year to stay on track with your goals to maintain a healthy weight for your body after bariatric surgery. Work through the four-part personal protection plan I have created for you so that you can pat yourself on the back when New Year's Eve rolls around and proudly proclaim, I celebrate myself for maintaining my weight loss throughout the holiday season. You can indeed claim this victory by being prepared for emotionally triggering foods and situations that are abundant throughout the year, but especially at holiday time. Listen in as I share step-by-step the process for creating your customized personal protection plan. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Barry Aftercare today. I am Dr. Connie Stapleton, and I am all film ready today because I had the wonderful opportunity to uh, film some episode episodes, I don't know, for an upcoming show that will be airing in February. I think it will be called Friends by the Ton. And I am excited because I have the opportunity to share some of the psychological work that is done in the process of weight loss and especially after one has had weight loss surgery, which is why I created Berry Aftercare because the aftercare part is really one of the most crucial parts as anybody who has been through and going through this process of weight loss surgery knows. Because that first year, year and a half to two years is such a celebration. The weight's falling off. Life is great. It's so exciting as it should be. And I love that. For a lot of people, once that immediate big weight loss period happens, it can get very hard. People get in the stall or they stop losing weight and they get discouraged. And for a lot of people, that's a critical period of time where they're either going to move ahead and forge through this and make this a lifestyle that lasts and keep that weight off or return to some of those old habits or protective mechanisms that food can serve as. And a lot of people end up regaining the weight. We don't want that to happen to you. And that is why I created Berry Aftercare. So welcome. Today, I am going to start... A, well, it's a two-part series, but it's a four-part protection plan. And I call it a protection plan because we are headed into the holiday season, right? We are in October, which means we have thanks or Halloween. Halloween coming up at the end of the month. That is often a very difficult time for people who um, are dealing with weight loss to stick to their food plan because candy, candy everywhere, right? And if sugar is your kryptonite. This is an especially difficult time of the year. So we have Halloween where there's all kinds of candy and all kinds of sales where you may used to have gone to the store and bought all the bags of candy after Halloween. Well, do not do that. Do not do that. 
And then we have November, which brings Thanksgiving and the beginning of baking season for a lot of people for not only Thanksgiving, but for Hanukkah and Christmas and any other holidays and celebrations that you may have going on in the next couple of months. So you want to protect yourself from falling into unhealthy eating habits, bad old habits, overeating, too much sugar, too much flour, whatever it happens to be for you. So I have developed what I call a personal protection plan. And this is derived from the work of relapse prevention. And there's a man by the name of Terry Gorski in the alcohol and drug addiction recovery world who really has developed a lot of programs for relapse prevention. And I think that is critical for those people who have had weight loss surgery or who have lost a lot of weight to prevent themselves from regaining weight all year round, but especially important at this time of the year, the fall, where there's a lot of the food holidays. So I would really encourage you to put pen to paper and create this actual protection plan. There are four parts to it. And I am going to put on the podcast both today's video and Thursday's video. Usually Thursday's videos are only for those people who participate in the Full Berry Aftercare Program. And if you're interested in the Full Berry Aftercare Program, go to www.berryaftercare.com and check that out. But this protection plan is four parts, and I want everybody to have the opportunity to complete it for themselves. It's an individualized kind of plan based on what you know about yourself, what your strengths are, what your trigger points are with food so that you can develop a protection plan to get through the holidays and every day, honestly, if you use this to prevent you from sliding backwards with your food plan and your weight. So here we go. So the four part plan, personal protection plan, part A. When you have weight loss surgery, when you go through your evaluation, all of the practitioners want to know, what are your reasons for doing this? Your reasons for having weight loss surgery or your reasons for losing weight are what I call your meaningful matters. What matters to you that you're going through this process? What is meaningful to you about your life that it's critical for you at this point in time? to lose weight and to keep it off. So for a lot of people, it might be improved health. I want to get off medications. If I don't, the doctor says I'm not going to live for five more years because my diabetes will kill me or my kidney problems are going to kill me or I'm going to have a heart attack or I'm going to have a stroke or this congestive heart failure is going to do me in. So I have to get this weight off. So part of the meaningful matters, part of what's meaningful is getting my weight down so I have improved health. I want better health. For other people, what matters the most is uh, increasing their longevity, which may may include improving health, but it's living longer to do the things or be with the people that you love to do the things with. So it may be that my children 
and my grandchildren or you know these these children i've adopted or the foster children that i love so much and i want to continue to be able to be part of this foster care program whatever it is for you that's meaningful that matters to you and are the reasons you're choosing to have this weight loss surgery now keep in mind I always remind people, if weight loss is your goal, then you're starting with the wrong goal. (laughs) Not that weight loss isn't a goal, but it it isn't going to be enough to keep you motivated for the long haul. Because every time you've gone on a diet, lost weight, you've been motivated to lose weight. But for a lot of people, the weight loss itself is the be all and end all. It is the end game. It is the goal. Well, what happens for a lot of people then? As you may know, because you may be one of those people, you have gained your weight back. That's not what we're going for here. We are going for life changes, lifestyle change, which I know those words can be real annoying, but that's the reality. So what matters to you so much that even when you get the majority of this weight off, that the surgery is going to get off for you. Even when you get to a stall, even when the going gets tough, you're going to remain motivated because these things matter to you so much. So what I have in part A is a series of questions. One is what is important, meaningful, and matters the most to you about your relationship with food? Well, we don't want to necessarily get rid of a relationship with food. We just want to have a healthier relationship with food. As I got to be an adult, I didn't want to get rid of a relationship with my mother necessarily, but I wanted the relationship to improve. So how do you want your relationship with food to be? Well, I want to still enjoy food. Okay. But I want the foods that I eat to have better quality so that my health is better. So it's important and meaningful that my relationship with food is based on improving my health, keeping me alive and providing some enjoyment. So that might be an answer. The second question, what is important, meaningful and matters most to you about losing weight, short-term and long-term medical benefits, health improvements, being off a lot of medications, being around to be with my grandkids, being around to, you know, follow through to completion, this project that I have going, whatever it is. What is important, meaningful, and matters the most to you about maintaining a healthy weight? So we're going to look at here what's important just beyond the weight loss. Well, you know, think about what's going to keep you motivated for the long haul. What's important, meaningful, and matters to you most about abstaining from whatever it may be? Some people have a food or a food or food groups that they know if they take one bite, they're done in for. Some people don't have to abstain from any foods. They can learn to eat certain foods in moderation and they're okay with that. Other people find that it's important for them to maybe give up sugar if sugar sets off an addictive craving pattern in their brains. So if you have something like a specific food, potato chips, a certain brand of cookie, whatever, or a food group like, you know, pasta or flour or sugar, what's important to you about abstaining from that? 
because maybe you know from past experience, once I start back, there's no shutoff for me. So learn what that is. The reason that we start the protection plan with identifying your meaningful matters is so that when you get to the points where you're stuck or bored or sick of it, or you get stalls, or maybe you regain a few pounds is because you want to use these things to keep you moving forward. And sometimes these things get put to the back burner and we lose connection with the reasons we started in the first place. So if you write down what's important to you and answer these four questions, Somewhere where you have access to it, preferably your smartphone, right? Put your entire protection plan on your smartphone. That way it's handy. It's accessible. You've got it right there and there's not an excuse not to utilize it. So in today's video and today's podcast, I'm going to do the first two parts of the four-part protection plan. So part A, the first part is identifying your meaningful matters. And you've got to refer to these. You've got to look them over. You've got to review them so that you remember why I'm doing this. Why do I want to stick to this? It helps you increase your motivation to follow through. Now, the second part of the protection plan is to identify your relapse triggers and your warning signs. Because there are times when we can get through you know, being in the break room where there are donuts and not be tempted or triggered to eat them. There are other times when it gets really, really, really difficult and you might want to stay out of the break room because you're not in an emotionally solid place where you know you have the fortitude to say, nah, none of that for me today. All right, so we want to identify triggers and triggers are things that are likely to maybe create some cravings for a particular food or maybe a category of food, or maybe just, I just want to eat more, right? It can be something in particular or anything you can get your hands on, but you want to identify what are the things that I usually emotionally eat in response to. So what are your, your triggers? There are different kinds of triggers. One of them are emotional triggers. So if you've identified yourself as an emotional eater in the past, or presently, then you need to know what your emotional triggers are so that if you know you're going to encounter them, you can be prepared by using this protection plan, right? If I know I'm going to encounter, you know, my stepdad and my stepdad reminds me of screaming and hollering when I was a child and I'd always turn to food for comfort. Well, if stepdad's going to be at Thanksgiving dinner and you know it and you know he's a trigger, What can you do in advance to provide calmness around that person or a way to stay away from that person as much as possible or a way not to turn to food if they say something to you? So emotional triggers can be people or can be things people say to you. One example that always triggers me is when I was a kid. I looked like a boy. I hated looking like a boy. I hated looking like a boy because I was teased by kids at school for looking like a boy. I was teased by my family for looking like a boy. And they thought it was so, so, so funny to call me Johnny instead of Connie. So if I go home and anybody in my family decides to bring up the story of Johnny, it triggers me. It sets off all kinds of unpleasant emotions related to body image issues and 
all kinds of things. So I know that that's a trigger. So I want to plan for if somebody calls me Johnny, instead of turning to food or trying to find a glass of wine, that I can go into the bathroom or go outside, take a few breaths, read a few statements, maybe call a friend, do what I have to do to not react in a way that's going to cause me harm. Okay, so people, statements can be triggers, emotional memories. Maybe you're going to grandma's house for one of the holiday events. And grandma's house is a place that was filled with memories of love and happiness and food and comfort. And today it brings up a lot of sadness because you've lost a lot of that kind of joy and warmth that you used to get at grandma's house. So maybe a place or a memory can be a trigger. Anything that stirs up emotions within you that leads you to want to reach for food. You want to anticipate those so you can deal with them in advance. A long time ago, before I went to school to be a psychologist, I was a salesperson. And in sales, they taught us to anticipate the objection. In other words, if, if I, well, I did, and I sold encyclopedias. So if I'm selling encyclopedias, what might some of the objections be? Well, today it would be they don't exist. But back in the day, it was, well, you know, my kids are too young for a set of encyclopedias, or I don't know if they'll get enough use out of them. Or so if I know somebody's going to bring that to me, then I can bring it up before they do. And then it can't be an objection for them. So if you go into a situation where there are going to be triggers, but you're prepared for them ahead of time, they're not going to take you off guard and you'll have less. It'll be less likely that you turn to food for comfort. There can be biological triggers. So you're going into a holiday meal and some of the tastes, smells, sights, right? That elicit this desire to just gorge yourself or eat to the point where you feel like you're going to burst because, you know, that's what people tend to do on these holidays. How can you guard yourself against overdoing it when you are bombarded with those biological triggers, the sight of some of those foods, the smells of some of those foods, the tastes of some of those foods? Well, one of the things you can do in your protection plan is to write out exactly what you're going to eat and stick to it or have somebody else who you love dish up your plate. You can Make a plan to stay out of the kitchen and mingle with the people. You can maybe make plans to play with the kids outside instead of being where all the food is except during the meal. So there are things you can do to prepare ahead of time because you know those things are going to trigger you emotionally, those biological triggers. And then there are environmental triggers. So maybe grandma's house doesn't necessarily trigger you, but somebody's bringing the photo albums. Oh my God, the photo, the family photo albums. And every year we go through the family photo albums and those are a trigger for you, you know, or it could be, you know, everybody goes out in the back to play, you know, football or softball or whatever it is. Everybody gets together to do outside while you're there. And maybe, that was a place of great fear for you or whatever it happens to be. That's an emotional trigger. How are you going to guard yourself against wanting to comfort yourself with food if you're going to have an environmental trigger? So 
Part B of the personal protection plan is to establish what are the triggers that you are most likely to face. And you can do, you can set up a personal protection plan for going to the office. You can set it up for Halloween. You can set it up for Thanksgiving. You can do a generic one, however this works for you. But I want you to have the opportunity and the forms. So I will put the forms on the Barry Aftercare websites and Facebook pages so you have access to those. If you're not part of the Barry Aftercare plan, these are available on my website, which is Connie Stapleton phd.com. You can find them on there. It's called protection plan, part A, part B, part C, part D, and you can download them, share them with your support groups, please. I want people to benefit from these. So you want to identify your triggers and you also want to know the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, which stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, you want to avoid triggers as much as possible, regardless of whether it's a holiday or a day at the office. Because when we're too hungry, too tired, too angry, too lonely, it's harder for us to withstand the urge to eat emotionally. So if you're Hungry, we know, don't go to the grocery store, right? If you're feeling really, really angry, probably not a good idea to go to the drive-thru or the grocery store, right? If you're really, really lonely at home, you want to use this plan so you don't order Uber Eats or whatever else brings you your food. Um, And if you're really, really super tired, our defenses are often down. So be super cautious against your triggers when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, and halt. Just stop, regroup, read your protection plan, get some support from other people so that you're able to proceed without overindulging. Okay, so those are the first two parts of the protection plan. Again, the forms will be available to you or they are on my website. So please print off these forms. Do yourself a favor. How badly do you want what you said you wanted at the beginning of this process? Print these out, complete them, write your plan on your phone so you have access to it whenever and wherever you need it. All right, the next video, which will also be turned into a podcast, but will air on Thursday on the Barry Aftercare sites, will be parts C and D of your personal protection plan. So I will get into that. And I want to remind you that it's your health. This is your life. This is your health. This is your responsibility to take care of it today and every single day. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for listening. Please encourage your friends to reach out and listen to the Barry Aftercare podcast or to join the Barry Aftercare program. The Barry Aftercare program, by the way, is also available to programs, bariatric programs. They can purchase it so that each and every one of their patients has access to it. So if you have a relationship with people at your bariatric care program, please encourage them to give this as a gift to all of their patients. All right. In the meantime, make it a good one. I will see you next time. Thanks for much. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Barry Aftercare, the podcast. 
The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.conniestapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life. Thank you.